And welcome back to Survivor Hot Takes. It is me, Coach Drew. Today we are doing a panel to discuss the last two episodes. I would call it the the, the merge, the pre-merge episodes uh, of season forty-one of Survivor. So I've brought back guests from the past uh, to go over all of that. Um, so first we have Cindy. Uh, Cindy, a new hot take that you may not have shared uh, before. I forgot to come up with one. <laughs> um, I think that's fine. Is that this wrong? <laughs> I think the Fiji twist was good. Actually, I liked the Fiji twist. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> you can have Andrew's like we uh, spent an entire uh, episode on that we're, comment. <laughs> Next time on. Uh, we also joined by uh, Sarah. Sarah, once again, uh, you know, you you came hard with the with the uh, the China take last time. Uh, so, what do we have this time? Um, I just finished uh, watching Nicaragua, and it was not as bad as people made it out to be. So, yeah. Wait, Sarah, are you a fellow China? I, I, can, I can agree with that one. Too. Yes, I am. <laughs> Yes. yes! Oh my gosh, I never meet anyone who also doesn't like China. I mean, I like China, but like I don't like it as much as the hype is there for it's it. It's like a so, mid-season. Like, yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be a hot take about this season. It, it does. No, it does Both of ours were about this season, Julia, so you also have to do one about this season. She said Nicaragua. I know. <laughs> I was, it was kidding. Sarcasm. <laughs> um, I really really liked all stars a lot like a ridiculous amount mm. i rewatched it yeah. and i was like mm, why do i like this more than i remember anyway thank you because likes on it it does, okay. it does have likes Those on it period <laughs> i also don't uh, like we can do it we can do it i agree with all of the hot takes here um so like i said oh and first of all i should clarify this my internet is shit right now for some reason. So I'm actually doing this for my cell phone and my cell phone audio and all the things that come with it. So I apologize for the way this episode is formatted on the, on that level, but I'm hoping that we can still provide, um, you know, some sort of entertainment as we go through episodes seven and eight, I believe, or is it six and seven of 41. And first off, I want to start with, well, I guess we'll start with Cindy. Uh, just skipping right to what we think the merge is uh, in the episode. When Jeff says, you know, uh, we were not exactly merged, what did you think was about to happen? Uh, I mean, I was really, and I know Julia will also say this, I was really hoping that a demerge would come. Uh, that that lovely Survivor Michigan twist, you merge, you unmerge, um, just because it's funny. That's what I wanted to happen. As far as what I thought would happen, I thought it would be something like this, where it's like, it's, it's a merge. Like, he kept trying to distinguish when the merge was within a singular round. Like, like Sydney didn't make merge, despite everyone being able to vote for her. And I'm like, no, no, it was the merge as soon as they merged. But that's just my thought. Oh, no, Julia. Yeah, go right ahead. 
I was hoping, um, like my favorite season, we would have a Thailand type situation going on. <laughs> hot take. <laughs> Speaking of hot, uh, and then Sarah, uh, as he's saying this, are you do you are you feeling yourself becoming more agitated uh, as he's saying as he's explaining the the I guess it was very convoluted uh, the way they went about this. So were you getting more frustrated, or are you like, oh, this could be interesting? Yeah, I think I was getting frustrated because when you make merge, like you should be able to celebrate and have a merge feast. And the fact that they only let half of them have a merge feast and really celebrate, I'm like, this is not cool. Like, you have waited all of your life to be on Survivor and to make it to merge, and then you can't even, like, fully celebrate. So, yeah. Okay. And so then they have the challenge. And, you know, it's one of the things that I have loved about this season and it's this case with most seasons is so the, the challenge aspect of the show i've never really been interested in but they know how to get you invested in it uh especially after winners at war uh with the first return challenge uh ever since then it's just been like they they've, they've kept you on the edge of their seat so what, even with this challenge you're watching it happen and uh we'll go cindy again uh how as it's coming to its conclusion do you have a, a pick of what tribe you want to win or are you just hoping for chaos i i i'm hoping that the the ladies the ladies tribe wins because i thought it sucked that their random draw was a shit ton of men on one side and then a shit ton of women on one side and oh yeah like like digging challenges on survivor are the most like physically demanding so i just wanted that upset of like men are stupid and can't do the word unscramble and women aren't that unathletic when it didn't happen. Oh, it, it almost killed Beast Boy Cowboy many years ago. So digging yep. back for every man. Uh, so, uh, and so Julia going off of that, when uh, their tribe, when their tribe wins, who do you see going home from the losing team? It, it, just in that moment. Just knowing how much power was already inside this game in the form of like advantages and idols and stuff. I had no clue what was going to happen to be perfectly honest, just because of the pure advantage saturation that was already there. Anything could have happened. Like Liana's power could have be used to take something and make whatever was going to happen completely different. It was very up in the air for me, and I just needed to see we'll more interactions that. with the people. Yeah, to, see, to really know what was going to happen. Okay, and so later in the episode, uh, we have the, the hourglass challenge. Uh, Sarah, do you like the challenge, or challenge, advantage, uh, the hourglass advantage, sorry. Uh, Sarah, do you like the advantage, or no. do you just think... <laughs> This is, yes. <laughs> I no. feel like, uh, show of hands, does anyone like this advantage? It's called reality Sarah, hot takes, <laughs> so I feel like the real hot take is to raise your hand there, but I can't bring myself to do it. Yeah. I will not. <laughs> uh, so Sarah, go, go along uh, Go along with that. Uh, what did you think as, as Jeff is showing up and all everything is going down? Yeah, I don't think that you should go back in time and change the results of immunity. 
And yeah, it gives the underdogs a chance and it gives Erica as an underdog a chance. But one thing that like didn't make sense to me about the twist is if you're going to do the twist, don't have it to where if Erica changes back time, she also gets immunity. But if she doesn't change back time, she doesn't get immunity. Like just make it even playing field. Like you either get immunity either way or you don't because I think that's not really fair either. Because she's going to definitely want immunity, you know? Yeah, I completely yeah. agree. And, and I think... I was going to say, it completely like, negates the idea of the like the advantage or like the twist. There's no real intrigue of what's going to happen because everyone's like, oh, well, duh, she's going to do it, so she's safe. It takes away any sort of, oh, I wonder like if it's going to happen. And that was like the big thing with the the non-elimination episode was like "Ooh, what's gonna happen we all knew <laughs> it, it makes sense the dumbest there was nobody going into yeah <laughs> it really was it's like you spent all week everyone's on twitter talking about it and it's like but what if it's like no what if there's, it's not happening you she's can speculate a what it. if as much as you want but there's literally no way that any what if makes sense other than smash the stupid thing mm-hmm. and that's what's so like like I think that there, I I would argue there's enough content between the two episodes for it to be a double like episode. I think it should have been a two hour episode rather than a, we're just not gonna, you know, we're going to leave you on this crazy cliffhanger because like, if I'm, I don't have the hatred of non-elimination episodes. Mm -hmm. I think they can be done well when you leave on a cliffhanger where you're like, ooh, this is a really interesting idea of what what situations could happen here. This doesn't have what situations could happen. There's one situation. <laughs> like, no one. The fact that she waited until the next morning, I feel like producers must have been like, don't you dare smash it immediately. Don't you fucking dare. We Absolutely. know you want to do exactly it right now. Yeah, she has to give her a whole little monologue, which I know we're going to the next episode with that, but she gives her a whole little monologue before she smashes it. And it's like, nope, they told you to say something before you smashed it. You there was look, Jeff sitting there giving her, you know, the spiel. It's, in yeah, in real time, I feel like she wanted to just smash it there. The, because the all way, of us would have smashed it. The way it. it made me feel is like you're watching Who Wants to Play a Millionaire? And it's like the first question with the obvious answer, and they still have to talk it through to the camera because that's what they have to do. That's what it felt like to me. Because I know if I'm there, I'm just taking it, bam, immediately, done. Jeff would have been able to finish explaining. Jeff would have been halfway through his explanation of, and you and the other tribe get immunity, I would be like, fuck it. Like, <laughs> done. Um, so then we, 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 we have to wait a week. Thankfully, they just start right off with, Hey, let's show up to the uh, the challenge. Oh, Erica's here. What did you have to do? And she explains it kind of poorly. So Jeff stands in. It's like, nope. What she really meant is this. And Erica, did you do it? And she's like, hell yeah, I did it. But they had to drag it out for about forty five seconds to I don't know make us all suspicious that it might not happen. Come on now. So Danny, uh, I think that I know. Yes. Seven minutes. Seven minutes after the episode starts is when she officially smashes it. They thought they needed seven minutes to lead up to that decision. So we we get to we, we were we were looking at people's facial expressions and you know whatever. Danny, you can tell is plenty 
team at, at how things have gone down. Him and Deshaun had this very interesting, um, I won't call it a debate. They, they were just talking things through. And Danny's like, this isn't kind of real. This is not really I signed up for. Uh, this isn't the survivor I know. And Deshaun, you know, retorts with a very, you know, good point of, yeah, but they did warn us that things were going to be different because it's 41. And you hear that a lot during the second episode. Oh, it's 41. It's, it's, it's different now. And it's funny. Well, first of all, you, whose side do you take in that situation, Sarah? I, I understand why they're upset because there's never been a twist even similar, slightly similar to this one. And I mean, they won immunity and then they had it taken away from them. Like, I don't think anybody would be okay with that, you know? Um, but also like it's expect the unexpected, like, you know, they were warned up front. So I can see both sides, but I would be annoyed. Like if it was me in that situation, I would be really annoyed. Oh my gosh. And, and I mean, I've read that part of, of Sydney's exit interview where I guess Danny like kind of went off during tribal that they don't show it uh, obviously. Uh, and he's basically saying, yeah, I think it's kind of messed up that we want immunity. And we get a brief moment of that in the episode um, where he just like, yeah, we, we want immunity. That's, in the history of Survivor, when you win immunity, that's it. That's when you know you're safe, safe, no matter what. Um, and I, I, I was trying to wait to touch this, uh, touch on this next week, but it should be stated that a lot of the people online uh, that are complaining about this season are complaining about the wrong thing, and specifically a certain survivor player who will be uh, unnamed uh complain uh, you know complaining about oh yeah uh, it's 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 racist now and this that and the other and it's like yeah you're you're paying attention to the wrong thing i think that the reason people are getting turned off to this season episode by episode is the amount of advantages and them basically just it, it almost looks like they're they're changing the rules on a whim it's like oh yeah this it, it, you guys want immunity but not really and you guys are merged but not really and as this season continues, I feel like it's just going to be more and more of just, we don't care about the advantages. We care about watching these people interact in the strategy. Um, so, Julia, how are you, now that we are about the midway point of the season, how are you feeling about it now? I'm going to get to everybody with this question because I do want to see how everyone's feeling. Yeah, it's it's been very high highs and very low lows for me. Um, the times we do get those really great character moments, those great interaction moments, I'm very high at it. I think this is one of the best newbie casts that I I can name and definitely in a very, very long time. I I like seeing them interact, but like a lot, like I said, I've spoken a lot on like the advantage saturation. I I think it's been a very advantage heavy. I don't like that we spend 10 minutes of every episode watching two people walk on a mountain to make the same decision every single time. Um, I just would like a little less of the advantages, a little less of the summits and more of those character interactions because that's why we watch Survivor. We watch Survivor. Yes, we like the strategy. Yes, we like crazy epic tribals, but we love the people and we love 
investing in people and seeing the people we want to do well do well. And I feel like we've kind of backed away from that a little bit in an effort to make it more interesting. But what made it interesting were those people. Um, very well said and it's going to be hard to top that but cindy you're going to go next uh opinions on the season so my biggest complaint of the season isn't even necessarily the oversaturation of advantages obviously i think that's a giant issue my issue particularly with this episode and with just sort of the way that survivor has introduced new advantages lately is that the players do not know. I like watching the people, but I love watching the strategy personally. Like I could have a no no personal interactions episode that is just purely gameplay and I would I would enjoy it. I would thoroughly enjoy it. But you cannot play a game that you do not know the rules to. Mm-hmm. There is no ability to plan for hey Every other time we have ever seen Survivor, you win an immunity challenge, and unless you give away immunity, you are immune. There's no reason to ever suspect winning a challenge is a bad thing inherently. So to completely throw that out of nowhere at these players is just, it's it's ridiculous, especially with something like that. I have similar issues with the way they introduced like the idol nullifier, the way that they introduced knowledge is power. I basically, <laughs> Julia just said in the chat, it's like the idol nullifier as I said it. But when your original idol was introduced, Jeff sat there in front of everyone. He said, we have a new thing this season. This is called an idol. This is how it works. You guys should take that into account with your strategy. And he doesn't do that anymore. And I think that just takes away so much possible gameplay. And especially in a season where you are introducing multiple new advantages, it makes this season feel so much more random than it should. That's my rant about the season. Overall, I enjoyed this episode, but that is my rant about uh... the season. We're, we're, we're two for two right now on um, epic rants. So, Sarah, if you want to uh, follow both of them, please <laughs> go right ahead. How are you enjoying this season or not enjoying it now that we're at the halfway point? I really completely agree with both Julia and Sydney, and those were my exact thoughts on this season. I am annoyed at the, the, filmy, the film time of all the advantages and how we're not seeing character development, obviously. Heather is a huge issue and we don't know anything about Heather where her head is at in this game and it is annoying that like just the players who have advantages are getting all the the edits and I just don't think it's the survivor that we fell in love with um, to not see a whole dynamic of the cast like that. and their interactions. So that's that's how I feel on that. Uh, and then let's see. 
I, I will say that I loved the tribal council that happened. I know we'll get into that later, but that part, I was like, okay, I'm living for this. This was one of those high highs that Julia was talking about. Uh, and we have to take into account that that tribal was so chaotic because of the advantages. So it's like we can hate on the advantages, but at the same time, it, it did produce really good TV in that moment. So... Yeah, that's kind of a hot take too. And I mean, yeah, it, and I, I, I would agree with that as far as, yes, it did lead to the last, I think 20 minutes of the episode was held at Tribal. And, you know, Xander had his own, you know, kind of like a, a hold up bro moment type moment, which I loved. Uh, but, you know, my opinions, and I've stated this week after week, except for like maybe two or three episodes, they focused so much on, on these advantages. And I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, during that time off that they had, if they did like, um, you know, they did polls to see what people were enjoying from the previous few seasons. And if people really answered with, we like advantages, because if that's the case, if that's what people said, then yeah, they're doing a great job of giving the people what they wanted. I, I mean, I know, I know a small sample size of, survivor fans but i feel like i know a very diverse group of survivor fans and the fact that no one seems to be like totally sold and or just hates um you know the amount of advantages the amount of uh, attention that's been put to them i think that says a lot um but will i what i will say is my favorite part of this season besides the characters that we've gotten to know is their their new very fun editing trick where things will happen and then they'll go back and show how it happened. I, every time they have done that this season, I'm like, I love this. This is, this is why I watch this season in particular is because they keep getting me with it. I think the Nasir one will probably go down as my favorite of the entire season, but uh, even, oh yeah. After the, uh, after Xander's hold up bro moment, they go back and show him making the fake idol and all that. Um, so I guess we can go right into that tribal. And first of all, how did you guys like them spending basically the last half of the episode at tribal? Uh, we'll start with Julian. Yeah, so I'm going to do a hot take. I could really go without really long tribals usually. Um, I personally, a lot of the time, would like to see more with the people like interacting and talking strategy out at camp and other things like that. And could usually in a lot of situations go without long tribal, but I really liked it in this point because obviously it was crazy. Obviously it gave us some wonderful strategy on TV moments, but I really liked that at the start of this, this merge, I will air quote merge. We really got to sit down with everyone, hear their thoughts on things that were happening. And I actually really enjoyed the long tribal. So and before I move, I'm going to move on to Sarah next, but one, I'm going back to Heather just because there is a part during tribal where she is sitting there off cam, like they've zoomed in, she's off camera and she's saying something, but they're not even giving her the time to actually show her speaking as all this crazy stuff is going on i had to figure out i had to like try to figure out who was actually speaking and then finally they zoom out and it's just her sitting by herself and i think maybe 
Erica was also sitting down and not scrambling. Mm-hmm. So the two of them are sitting down, but the way the camera is focused on everyone else while the talking is going on, because I've never heard Heather speak, I don't know who's speaking to me on screen. Um, so that was frustrating. Uh, but yeah, Sarah, how did you enjoy the, the longer time we spent at Tribal? Yeah, I agree with Sydney that it should have been a two-hour episode because then the hype would have been built up even more for that long tribal because I think as Survivor fans, we're like, oh, damn, it's already tribal. Like, you know, we feel like we didn't get enough content in one episode. Um, So I think they should have made it a two-hour episode. But I I love the long tribal. I love the live tribal. Uh, I listened to – Rob has a podcast with PG this week. I don't know if anyone's listened to it on the review of the episode and they were talking about how just in the older seasons of Survivor, it was almost as if producers and Jeff didn't allow the whispering to happen. But in the newer seasons, it kind of just happened and they were like, okay. But PG said something about like when she was um, in a tribal at China someone said like, Hey, can I go tell someone this? And Jeff was like, no. And so I don't know at what point the whispering became allowed, but it does create for a lot of chaos, which I think is for good TV. And that's probably why they allowed it. So I enjoyed the long tribal. And again, I think it was mainly due to all the advantages that were in play that caused it to be that chaotic. But I do think Sydney was kind of robbed. But in a way, I'm a firm believer that no matter what advantages are played at you, if your social game is so strong, like, you know, you're, you're good. Like, I feel like, obviously, Siri was the only person truly, truly robbed, couldn't do anything about it. But I do think in any situation, whatever cards are dealt at you, you can try to find a way out of it. And... Cindy, uh, I'm going to ask you that question and I'm going to segue to the next part of this. So answer that question and then moving on to how everyone dealt with the um, the advantage that everyone knew was going to get played. Uh, so how did you like the tribal and how did you like how everyone kind of played their roles to end up getting to the point that we uh, that we get to as far as the uh the steal advantage the steal the advantage advantage gets played you know what i'm saying sorry yeah i i have mixed feelings on the long tribal i think that due to the nature of the knowledge's power um specifically having to be played at tribal and then obviously xander being like gotcha bitch um like that is going to lead to inevitably a huge amount of scrambling having at tribal because they did not expect it or plan for it. So like in this specific scenario, I think it was necessary. I think a lot of times like the scrambling feels unnecessary. This isn't one of them, but in so many of these live tribals, I'm like, why didn't you guys just talk when I saw you on the beach, literally mention this thing. Like what's happening here? This one being an exception because, like, knowledge is power, Xander played them, and then everyone had to scramble with what they were planning. I think it's really interesting. I forget who used their extra vote, but I think it's really interesting how 
I didn't even realize watching it that someone played an extra vote. And then on Twitter, people are like, here's the vote count, which means that so-and-so played his extra vote. And I was like, the the season is so, to go back to the image, the season is so advantage heavy that we don't even know when they get played now. Like, wild. Um, I really, like, I, I, I enjoyed the live tribal in this instance. It also just, like, frustrates me because I do think live tribals limit your ability to make smart game moves. Um, obviously, um, Shan telling Heather, like, hey, we're voting out Sydney, um, was, was a bad game move, right? Like, and I don't think Shan makes that, I mean, Shan's been kind of going downhill, but I don't think that Shan makes that mistake if it's not this live tribal scenario where she's almost like, who am I even talking to? Like, what's happening? Um, I think the advantages lead to live tribals and I think they often lead to worse gameplay as a result. Um, yeah, I think that answered the questions. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> There's no right or wrong answers. Uh, Sarah, same question to you. Uh, how do you think that everyone played their roles? Uh, and did you, because they were, they were, I feel like, I wasn't as anxious as maybe many other people were watching the episode once everything started to go down. I felt like Sydney was definitely going home in that situation. Um, but did you think that potentially Deshaun or Evie could have been caught there? Or did you think the writing was on the wall once, um, you know, once, every, once everyone started scrambling? Because the only thing that we're hearing is vote Sydney, vote Sydney, vote Sydney. So I... I actually bought into it and usually I don't let them try to trick me and in that case they didn't but um initial question sorry I thought it was gonna be Evie who was gone I thought for sure <laughs> like with the way the edit was making it out to be with you know Xander saying don't play the idol you're good you're good like I thought for sure Evie was gone that was my prediction so when Sydney left I was like more so shocked than if Abby would have gone. She was pissed. Uh, like she threw, it looked like she threw her torch into the hole. Uh, she definitely flipped them off on the way out, which is just awesome. Uh, and just her vote out confessional, it, it'll, it probably won't go down as like top tier, but I loved it for what it was worth. Um, so Julia, what happens, like what, what happens next with all, because the lines, like everyone knows who's with who now because of the way that people were talking uh, at tribal once everything started going down. So everyone knows where the lines are now. Do you think that the lines will stay like that for a round or two before they inevitably change? Or do you think that they'll change now so that people don't get associated with others? I think we have enough fluid game players in this season to where we could even next episode start to see some lines blurring. But I think the groups that have been established are very, very good with each other. And personally, I think for a couple rounds, they will try their best to stick with each other 
until obviously gets to the point where, okay, got to build my resume, got to set myself up for the end. You know, you, we all know how it is with these, with games like this, but I think at least personally for a couple rounds that these groups will kind of try to stay together and just maneuver around each other to get what they want. Okay. And, you know, as we, as we start to, to wrap up with everything, I do want to also touch on, and uh, for people that tune in next week, or I don't know when the episode will come out, but next week I'm, I'm interviewing uh, someone uh, where we'll be talking uh, at length about uh, how this season has gone uh, with the broader public at, when it comes to race, because of course. Um, so stay tuned for that. But I do want to briefly touch on it with y'all and not even, we don't even have to talk about the racial aspect as much as, you know, uh, do you guys find that this season is overly, I don't know. I hate using this phrase overly woke. Do you, do you feel like the, these are complaining about it? Do you think there's any merit to it, whether you agree with them or not, uh, as far as uh, how they feel about it? Do you at least agree with them as the fact that, that this season is more uh, liberal, left-leaning, whatever whatever we want to call it? Uh, Sarah, I'll go with you first. I think it's like what you said. People are focusing on the wrong things. Like, I don't, I don't get why people are focusing on those little issues that make survivor more woke or whatever like the come on in guys thing like people had such a big like made such a big deal about that and i'm like it's okay it doesn't matter like you know like this is not what we should be focusing on so i think people are just you know obviously like the really old school survivor player fans are wanting it to be like that but there's a lot of like great that's come out of this new season like the diversity in the cast and you know, there's a lot of really great things. I do think it looks like Jeff is trying a little too hard, like just all season. Like, just yes, yes, yes. So I, I think that it's kind of like, is it really authentic that they're trying to like, you know, make this change, or does it seem very like produced? Um, so yeah, it doesn't really come across as authentic if it looks like they're just trying really hard, you know. Yeah, I think Jeff, like you said, Jeff is. Uh, we'll, we'll 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 talk about that one day. Uh, Julia, same question to you. Um, for Survivor standards, yes, this is extremely overly woke. But in real life standards, no. To go off what Sarah said about, you know, like Jeff trying too hard, completely agree. Survivor has never had a great track record of handling um, difficult situations and topics well. Obviously, Thailand, the Gandhi situation, Island of the Idols, all of that. Survivor has never done a good job of talking about race, talking about sexuality, um, like women's issues. Over the past few years, they've they've gotten a little better. They've they've tried to put some of that stuff in there, but it's really been a point of contention for a lot of, a lot of years. You can, you can go on YouTube and look up like cringy survivor moments, like, like can't like moments like in survivor that should be canceled. And you'll see a lot of things from 20, 15 years ago that are just 
horrible that were on our television screen. And obviously we, it is, it's 2021. It's a new time. And it's about time that survivor started to catch up with the rest of the media and the rest of the things that are on our TV screens and became more inclusive and more open to talking about these issues. At least that's what I personally think. Okay. And Cindy, close it out. No, I don't think it's too woke. Um, point blank, period. Really? <laughs> yeah, um, to me it's quite black and white. But I also think there's a clear distinction in my head of the way that Survivor has grown and the way that Jeff Probst is attempting to be there. Because I think, you know, the casting choices this have been fantastic. And I don't think anyone, like, you know, there's there's many an article about, you know, um, Black players on Survivor being edited as stereotypical Black people rather than as full people or um, or any minority. You can see those in the edits. I don't think that I would consider any person in this to just be a stereotype of their identity. And I think a huge like thing that is like very like sort of under talked about is, is we know Evie goes by she, they like everyone knows it and it hasn't been addressed on the show at all. And I think if survivor were survivor itself were being the way that Jeff Probst is being, that would be like shoved down our throats. Like we would have had like 20 scenes of people being like, so what, what are they pronouns? And then Evie having to be like, hello, I occasionally use a they pronoun. Let me be your educator on all trans issues. And I'm very happy Jeff has not attempted to address it. And like, please never do Jeff. I would like <laughs> it if Jeff, honestly, like Jeff needs to like sit back. I think he did a great job when Jamal was on the season of sitting back and letting Jamal do the talking about things. Mm -hmm. I think he needs to learn. That's, that's your place, Jeff. Like you, you do the sitting and if someone wants to bring it up, they can bring it up. But you, you sit there, you keep your mouth shut. You, you do your little other things. Um, but Breaking the fourth wall. Here they come, Yeah, guys. you break the fourth wall for some fucking reason. I don't know. But you do those things. You, we, 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 we know, Jeff. We know you, we know your history, Jeff. Like we, we don't expect you to be the most woke guy. We've seen you on our TV for 20 years. Like we've seen you date contestants and kind of like icky things. Like, we're not expecting the world from you. So I think him being the way that he's being about it is making it so much worse than the way that Survivor is actually happening. I think had this season happened and Jeff Probst just sat back and let, let any diversity things happen, drops the guys without asking anyone, if Jeff just doesn't mention any of it, I don't think a single soul complains. I think it's like, specifically Jeff mentioning it, that's kind of the problem. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I, I, I agree with that 100%. And it sounds like we're all kind of on the same page with that. So before we, we head out, uh, because Sarah's on, uh, I do want to do a, uh, what's the phrase? Uh, a, a power rankings thing. This is our, our top three people. Uh, that we are now seeing uh, potentially winning the game. Um, 
for I guess I'll go last. Uh, Cindy, since you were already talking, just top three people that you now see winning the game. Not necessarily who you want to win. Um, just the three that you think, okay, based off of how everything's going, they probably have a better chance than others. Wild hot take. Um, Xander skyrocketed in my power rankings. Um, I think it's a big move, but I honestly don't know that people will think Xander's smart enough for it to be his move. So I don't know that it puts that giant target on his back that it should. Um, and then, as I said last time, I think Ricard has a good shot. Um, and then I can't think of a third, so someone else go. Okay, Julia. Maybe Nasir, but I, I still think Nasir gets like eighth. But like I want Nasir. So he's higher in my power rankings than he should be. No, I'm gonna echo what Cindy said very high on what he did last time. I was very impressed. And I, I do because he he kind of so far, at least what like we've seen, kind of like the he'll make he makes a lot of mistakes, kind of, you know, like the the dumb young kid. But it was it was a good move, and I think if he continues with like this high level of strategy, and obviously he's personable enough, like I I could see him making a very deep run. Again, echoing Cindy Ricard, always always been high up there. Although I'm not the biggest Ricard fan, it's undeniable that he's been doing <laughs> very well in this game. Um. You can't not say that when you survive to a two-person tribe. And for my personal power rankings, even though this is so not right, because I have her as my winner pick on, like, every draft, uh, Queen Erica, please pull it out. Thanks. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sarah. Yeah, so Tiffany's been my winner pick since day one. I'm still standing on Tiffany's winner pick. And I could see her sitting next to Nasir, possibly, and possibly Heather as a zero-vote finalist. I would feel, feel sad if, like, you know, we never got to see Heather and then she ended up at the end as a zero-vote finalist. But I think that could possibly happen. Uh, and then I think I think Ricard's going to make it far. I could see him having this big moment of betrayal to Shan and voting her out. And then I could see him going out at final four and being all dramatic. Uh, so yeah, those are my predictions. I, so I, I do agree um, that, yeah, the more that the episodes progress, I don't think that, I don't think this is going to do it. He's still going to be in my top three just because I got, got a roll with my, my boy. Uh, so I've got this year. Uh, I've got Tiffany and I, who's my third. Oh shoot. Oh, I'm back on the Deshaun train after taking a couple weeks off. Uh, I'm back on the Deshaun train. I they they sussed him out as I don't remember who called him the most uh, the biggest social threat in the game, but we haven't seen much of it. But I believe it if people are saying it, uh, and I so I think I think that Deshaun could do it. I think that Danny is not meant for uh, much longer in this game. It'd be great if he did, but uh, I think he's. He's go he's on his way out. We didn't even get much Ricard in this episode, even though he won immunity. Uh, I forgot he was there until tribal when they're all talking, and uh, yeah, I think that this is. I'm hoping that we get episodes like we did at the beginning of the season, like those middle episodes. I hope that those start to come around again because 
I'm still holding out on this episode uh, on this season being potentially mid to top tier, but like they've got to they've got to they've got to fix this. They have to. <laughs> um, but thank all three of you guys for coming on once again. So sorry about the uh, the technical difficulties. I don't know what the hell is going on. Um, but I appreciate you guys all coming out. Uh, I want to have all three of you guys back before the end of the season uh, individually. And just to, you know, see if the season does get better. Um, so thank you all for tuning in, as always. And uh, we will see you all on the other side.